0: Hey, Sanchitos. Seth Allen here. This is Pepe Sanchez, episode five. It's my secret basketball podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Pepe doesn't know about it. Let's keep it that way. This has been a hot week. I'm excited, excited, excited about uh, the Western Conference. I didn't think I was, at the first, you know, as we left the gates of the season, I was like, ah, the West sucks. I'm only watching the East this year mostly besides the Blazers because, you know, it's just like, it's boring. None of these teams are good. But it turns out none of the teams being good was entirely accurate because they're kind of good. But they're also kind of shit. And the result is a level of uh, parity uh, ITY that I, that I don't think I've seen in the West in a long time. I, at this point, we're like 30% through the season. Nobody separated themselves. I mean, as I record this, the Pelicans are the number one uh, team in the West, uh, record-wise. And the Warriors are the number 10 team in the West, record-wise. But everybody's bunched in. Nobody separated themselves. And, of course, somebody may make a trade or something that, that alters that landscape. Somebody may finally click. Like, you know, Denver's starting to look a little better and, like, you know, those kinds of things. Um, maybe Memphis, you know, but it's like right now it's so fun that you can just imagine already like looking forward to the playoffs. You we could see a we could see an eight seed beat a one seed this year. Uh right now the the eight seed would be uh your Portland Trail Blazers and the one seed would be the Pelicans. We have a CJ versus uh Dame first round and I, I could totally hundred percent see the Blazers uh winning that series. So and also the Clippers and the Warriors and the Wolves are all out, and the Lakers are all out of the playoffs right now. Uh, which I mean, you would expect to change. I mean, the, it's it's amazing. the 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 Kings are, are doing good, but you'd expect you know how long can the beam carry the team? We don't know. They are the Kings, but has the beam really has it you know has it killed all the all the has it the, the laser blasted away all the evil uh, molecules or the 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 loserness uh, that has plagued the Sacramento Kings for, for generations. Who knows? Uh, but it's exciting to watch now. And I've also, and I've kind of like lost interest in the East because I'm like, yeah, the Celtics are crushing it. We've got the bucks, you know, uh, the Cavs are kind of fun. The Cavs are still like fun. No, I still like the Cavs, but you know, you know, you know how it is. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, super kind of just a fun little development. Uh, uh, last night I watched the, the Blazers' Nuggets, and that was a great example. Bla- back and forth, a lot of clutch offense, not a lot of defense. Um, Blazers end up losing at home uh, after a Jamal Murray buzzer beater, which came after a a, Dame, a, a classic Dame time, deep sidestep three fadeaway, which is just, I, I, it never gets old to me that Dame hits these shots. That he hits not just like the the clutchness of it, but the difficulty level of it—it's like it is like literally like a good shot for him to just be like, I'm 37 feet away, I'm fading away, I'm sidestepping, I'm not following through, I'm just flicking it up, and then I'm pointing to my wrist because it's going in. You know what I mean? Uh, very cool. And I, the Blazers are are pretty fun right now, up and down. Um, I'm already mentally preparing for the Josh Hart trade. I don't know if this is some people would call me jaded or cynical or whatever. Although, again, I refute that. I have a ton of enthusiasm. I got nothing but enthusiasm. It just goes both ways. Uh, (laughs) Positive and negative enthusiasm. But it's like, when you just look at the salary cap, the contracts, Jeremy Grant's up, Josh Hart is up, they don't have room. Um, If you were going to just look at salaries and who you would want to move to keep Hart to be able to re-sign him, it would be NERC. But does anybody want that long-term money, for Nurk, who, you know, he definitely has his games, his moments, but he does seem like he's lost, you know, half a step or whatever. Uh, he is the one basketball-wise you would, you would want to trade to keep Hart and Grant right now. But I think Hart is the most tradable. He can, I mean, if you look at, he's, he's having an incredible season. Um, of all the little things he does, he's perfect for a contending team. Everyone would want him uh, who who thinks they have a shot at the title. And right now, um, that's a lot of teams, at least in the West, who think they can at least get to the finals, right? Or maybe the Blazers roll the dice. They're like, you know what? This is kind of, we like what we see here. Let's keep all these guys and then try to figure something out at the end of the year. But just salary cap wise, they're not, I don't see, and and the type of uh, contract that Hart is going to command uh, and Grant's also playing great, so they're gonna have to pick and obviously I think they're gonna pick Jeremy Grant uh, for his for his scoring and, and, and defense and everything that he brings at his position. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I I do this thing sometimes where I feel like of course, by the deadline, they gotta trade one of my favorite players and I'm just mentally preparing for that. I've already uh, logically I understand why. They would need to do that, um, but if they decide to roll the dice and figure something out in the offseason, um, that would be interesting too. But does that really make sense as a you know as a 13 and 12 team? Maybe this year it does. I don't know because I can't really see. You know, they got this is as good a shot as they've had in a long time, and half of that is because of their their ability as a team, but the other half of that is because. All these other teams are kind of shitty, too. They all got problems. Dude, I watched the the Warriors-Pacers game. This was at Warriors, okay? The Pacers won this game, and they were playing three rookies at once, and they could not beat a team that was playing... and, And they beat a team that played Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They were all... And, like, three rookies beat this team in their house, all right, Golden State is fucked. And talk about uh, hater player power rankings. Golden State shooting up the list. I really love to see him struggle. I love to see Steph playing out of his mind and it not mattering. Uh, really exciting stuff. You kind of you just kind of expect them to figure something out. Uh, maybe make a move because they young. All their young uh, high draft picks that they that, that windfall they got aren't really stepping forward, like making the leap that they they needed them to when they lost their when they let their vets go um from, so i don't know we'll see i i would you know those guys are still good trade pieces uh those those three and also shout out to the warriors who are who are praised another team that is organizationally praised even more so than the san antonio spurs and they have probably missed on all these draft picks they got they got that windfall of top picks uh wiseman cominga Moody, and I know, like, especially Kaminga shows a lot of flashes, but none of these people have, none of these players have, have showed up as a a viable, uh, rotation player yet. I mean, maybe, like, Kaminga's like, oh, yeah, he does the the small things, and he can play defense, but, like, that's not what they needed. They needed the next generation who was going to take over, like, all-star potential, and take over as, you know, Steph ages, and as Clay continues to, you know, break his legs, or whatever, and Draymond, uh, puts more and more uh, (laughs) snacks in his backpack, you know, and that just has not happened at all, which is exciting for me because I am a hater of teams that have everything. Um, The the, uh, Wimby, let's do the Wimby Wars. Let's do a Wimby Wars check-in. There is an article on The Ringer about, that basically laid out the case that if you want to tank, if you want to get the number one pick, if you want to have a good shot at it statistically, you cannot win more than twenty five games in a season, right? That's like the going rate to have to, to actually have a to really like have a fair shot at napping that number one pick. Twenty five wins. That's the magic number you don't want to go over. That's a thirty percent winning percentage. We're about thirty percent through the season, so let's go thirty for thirty. Uh and who is who is still a viable uh contender to win the Wimby Wars right now? right? Of course, like the Utah Jazz, uh, they're out. You know, they've already won 15 games. All right? They're done. They're toast. Unless they trade everybody, I mean, it's... They're they're on the outside looking at which rules. So, Victor Wimbamyama not going to Utah, probably. Let's just have a round of applause that we don't have to see this generational talent uh, play in a Utah Jazz jersey. Uh, that is fantastic news. But we we start off here let's see what the winning percentages is. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets all right 28%. Now this is an interesting idea. I don't think they were thought of as in the Wimby Wars at the start of the season. They have entered the Wimby Wars just because of their trash uh, and they're 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 a, they're a fringe contender and I love the idea of course of LaMelo playing with Victor. That would be very fun. My concern is I don't know what's going on in Charlotte, but suddenly Charlotte is the team that has all the guys with all the off court issues. Uh, You know, people are falling asleep with a with a a gun and a bag of Doritos in their car, in their passenger seat in the parking garage. Uh, People are getting in legal trouble, domestic abuse. Uh, Plumlee is there. (laughs) I don't know what's going on in Charlotte that is making all these that is that is going on. But they're kind of like the bad boys of the NBA right now. Um, so I don't know, Victor. Victor gets in that mix. Is that what you want? Uh, maybe Victor comes out and he's like, he's he's a bad man now. I mean, that would be fun. But uh, him and Lamelo would be pretty amazing to watch. I would I would be very into that. Uh, and then we go into number two. Let's see the let's see. It's the Detroit. Well, it's the Spurs who we've covered before overrated franchise uh i this would be very spursian in that um you know they just suck and get lucky with a generational talent that's the spurs to me once they got over that advantage of being the first team to acknowledge that players outside the u.s could actually be very good at basketball um they've kind of just been a mediocre franchise uh they got lucky with timmy uh they again, they did that smart thing. They got the, uh with the with the international players. They get credit for Kawhi. Although then they botched that. They made a bad decision. They were with that trade. They were yet another team uh, fleeced by the Raptors. Masai, dude. If I was an NBA GM and Masai called me, I would just never answer his calls. The Raptors win. I believe every trade he's ever touched in his life. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it feels like. I would be like, no, he sees something that I don't see. And this sounds good to me, but I'm not doing it. All right. I'm not doing it because I, (laughs) I fear him too much. Hang up the phone. My other idea too, is like, if I, like if I ran the Portland Trailblazers, right, I'd be like, well, how do you get Messiah here? I'd be like, look, you can't, I know this is not feasible, but this is what I would do as your, as your sole billionaire owner, right, there's no, there's no ownership group, it's just me, I'm the dictator of the Portland Trailblazers, I got big pockets, all right, big pockets, the biggest pockets you've ever seen, all right, lots of keys in there, (laughs) and my phone, and lots of change, notebooks, all right, Uh, Altoids, everything's in these pockets, right, and I get, and I'm gonna, I would go to someone like what and I'd be like, hey, I want to give you uh, forty-nine percent of the Portland Trailblazers ownership. All right, for you to come here, not a good sal- Not like money. Not like ten percent. I'm like, I'll keep fifty-one, cause I, cause it, cause you know I'm the one with the I'm daddy, daddy fat sacks here. But you take, you know what? I'm giving it away, and I'm doing it for the people because I know that you are uh amazing at your job. I want you to be here forever. Uh, and I want, I want us to, to build a world-class contender, right? That's what I would do. And then I would also be like, but on basketball decisions, that's all you. I would stay out of it. I wouldn't medal. Uh, of course I would medal. Whenever the, <laughs> whenever an owner medals, I'm like, and people are like, ah, oh, let medal some owner. And I'm like, yeah, dude, why else would you buy that team to have them just win? And l- you look at it from a distance and be a cheerleader. I mean, that's what you should do for the sake of the team. Let smarter people run the team who know what they're doing. But, you know, you buy a team, you buy a toy, you want to play with it. You know? So I totally understand Metal Motors. I, <laughs> I don't think I would be any different, honestly. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, so we don't want the Spurs. That would be heartbreaking uh, to see Victor there. I mean, I think it would be okay for his career. I think they would they would do good things with him there. Obviously, the Tony Parker connection, France, all that. But whatever. The Houston Rockets, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking the Houston Rockets, the greatest AAU team in the NBA. They've won seven games. Uh, Victor with those guys, with Jalen Green and them, that would be fun. Um, maybe a disaster. Maybe you can't have a ton of guys in there, a ton of as they call them bag players who like to who like to get saucy and dribble around before they shoot a fadeaway. <laughs> But, you know, it would be fun to think about. Uh, Maybe not a lot of winning. I don't know. Um, Just a a whole lot of guys who love to shoot the ball a lot and dribble around a lot. Okay, and then we go to the Detroit Pistons. Now this is a scary... Now we're getting scary, all right? Because Cade has been hurt. The Pistons are terrible. I think there was some glimmer that maybe the Pistons this season were not... I don't think they were going to tank... They brought in Bojan, right? They got, and I thought that was just a. I mean, if they keep him through the deadline, it, it seems like they will. Um, and it, it seemed like they were, they thought they had enough of like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna try to be good. You know, it's Cade's second season. We got Ivy, Sadiq Bay, but instead, like Bay's had kind of struggled with his shooting. He's on the bench. Um, Cade is out. Uh, they kind of just suck again, which could be great for them because if we're talking Victor on this lineup with Cade and Jaden Ivey, we got speed, passing, scoring, high IQ, just good, like high talent, but also high just basketball player-ness in these in these fellas. And so that would be really fun. I kind of want that for the Pistons. They've been so bad. For so long, I think that would be kind of fun. And then, of course, we got the Orlando Magic. Now, we all know, I believe, are they in first place for the Wimby Wars? They are. They have won six games. Six out of 26 games. Uh, they, will be, they will finish in the bottom top three. They will have, you know, they will be one of, the other teams are still fighting it out for the the rest of the bottom three who get equal shot at the number one pick, but Orlando will be one of those teams, guaranteed. Alright. Uh, they are trash. Now you you imagine a scenario where you have <laughs> where you have ball ball play a And let's just say Wimbenyama's your uh your small your shooting guard, why not? Uh, I mean, you could do like a Cole Anthony, I suppose, if you want to be boring. I mean, ball, ball point. Cole Anthony, scoring guard. Uh, Franz Wagner, small forward. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then I guess you got to go Bancaro, and then you go Victor. That's the most insane team uh, on paper in terms of height and ability. I mean, that's wild. That's wild style, all right? Shout out to the Lego movie. Uh, um, But that is, uh, for me, in terms of wanting to see a fun, strange uh, combination of players that I've never seen before, I think I'm pulling for the Magic. Now, huge red flag, the Magic. Don't they have that loser disease? They're terrible. They've been terrible for so long. But, uh, again, Victor, a generational talent. Maybe he's the one. Maybe he breaks the curse. All right? The curse of just being in Orlando. (laughs) Oh, and the Amway Center—that's a massive scam. Uh, The Amway owner is also a has also like just ruined uh, really millions of American lives. uh, Not just through Amway, but through his lobbying. He he owns a a nice chunk of the Republican Party, and he pushes through uh, things that are horrible for working people. uh, Because he just because he hates—he's a guy who's already. There's a the, the family's already super rich, but they also just hate paying taxes because their people are greedy sons of bitches. So that is morally unworthy. Oh, now I'm in a conundrum here. Well, if I if we start evaluating teams based on their owners, I don't really think any of these teams are going to pass muster. Uh, billionaires tend to be uh, pretty bad people um, in terms of their effect on the the. The public good right i do think maybe Dow, Dal- you know cuban you know he started that company that sells uh uh prescription drugs for for a lower price uh cubes i think cubes is probably okay cubes is maybe okay as okay as a as a billionaire can get but um i don't know yeah and then of course we got jody allen in portland miss uh the the bone the the bone smuggler someone who smuggles elephants elephant bones out of Africa, the, 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 pilfer, the pilf, pilferager of Africa, and uh, the, the security guard sexual harasser. Um, so, you know, who knows? Mm-mm-mm. But the Wemby Wars, that's exciting stuff. That's hot stuff. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm watching more uh, diverse games because I did buy League Pass for the first time ever. I don't think I've ever actually bought it before. Um, but I have it now. It's a, They did a Black Friday. They did 50% off. I think that might be my move going forward. It just it works really well. I get kind of tired of of going through the rigmarole of like pirating games and finding the right website. And i other shout out to J Rate uh, in the Asheville uh, Slack channel who who showed me a new site where you can get games because I was my my old site had been tapped out again. You know it's whack a mole. They pop up here, that site get closed down, another site pops up. So I was able to watch the Blazers because of that. So. It's all about mutual aid, baby. We got to keep sharing where to steal these games from, uh, and, and and so and not give Comcast any more money than we have to. Mm. Okay, um, this is an old memory, but it's in my notes, and I keep thinking about it. Ben Simmons' first game back in Philadelphia had what was to me the funniest moment of the NBA season because, of course, they're booing, and he got at least the, the take on SportsCenter and, and, and that I've seen in the media in general about it was that, you know, Ben did good. He faced he faced the booze. He said, I thought the booze would have been loud. He played okay. He, it's not like he had a great game, uh, but he didn't have a complete, you know, uh, mental breakdown out there, so they've taken that as, as a good sign, a positive sign. The funniest thing ever, though, the crowd's booing him. Ben has the ball. He's on a he he lays it up. He misses he misses the layup, all right? And then he's there and he so he, he's there to tip it in. So he tips in his own missed layup in the first quarter. And then he runs down the court doing the shush thing to the crowd. <laughs> that is the most petty shit I've ever seen in my life. Tipping in your missed layup and in the first quarter and shushing the crowd. It's not a clutch bucket. It's not a big three. It's not a tough fadeaway. <laughs> you tapped in your own miss layup <laughs> in the early parts of the game. It's like, because you know he couldn't wait to do that. He thought about that beforehand. He was like, oh, man, I can't wait to get a bucket and shush the crowd. And I think it's just like he had that, that canned uh, comic to say, I thought it was going to be louder. Ben Simmons thought about that, like, a week ahead of time and couldn't wait to use it. You know what I mean? Like, the the, the satisfied way he said that, the booze would be love. And also, it's not like he, like, went in there and, and fucked him up. Like, it was, like, he <laughs> <you're> was like, okay. <laughs> I love Ben Simmons for that. Oh, man. I'm going to start doing a very inconsequential flex uh, <laughs> at, a, at a very inconsequential time. After doing something completely unimpressive <laughs> for... A, a middle school basketball player, let, let alone uh, an NBA player who's been on the all-defensive team, and you know, top pick, and blah, 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 all that. Uh, so anyways, that's going to do it for this Pepe Sanchez. Again, uh, the West is fun because everyone's kind of good, kind of shitty. Oh, we got one thing. I got a new award. The White American Player of the Week. Uh, the White American Player of the Week is not... Gordon Hayward. That's it. Uh, Everybody have a good weekend. I'll talk to you later. Hey, Seth Allen, all platforms except Twitter. That's a dumpster, dumpster fire. Pepe Sanchez, secret basketball podcast. That's it.